You're listening to Board Game Bitch. I'm your host, Victoria Fraser, and we're going to talk about all things board games. Let's get started. All right. Hello, folks. Welcome back, everybody. We've got another episode. We're season two now, officially, I've decided, because <laughs> I do things the British way, which is 10 episodes. <laughs> Even though someone complained, one of my friends was like, no, it has to be 13. I was like, no, 10. <laughs> so I'm calling it, it season. Exactly. Calling it season two. Uh, this is actually to be episode two, so it's coming out in a, a little ways. But um, but yes, and if you, as you can tell, I have another exciting guest speaking a little bit, making some noises over there. Oh, hello. <laughs> So yeah, we are we have a fun game we're gonna be reviewing that I'm super stoked about. But first, let's introduce my amazing guest. Da, 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 da. I, I don't know why I made sound effects there for it. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> but yeah, so I have Trish on today who has a blog called Roarcat Reads that is super interesting and covers all sorts of cool, actually Vancouver specific stuff. Um, yes. and also like queer, nerdy, awesome shit. You should definitely check it out and we'll drop those. I will, I will drop those. I say we, it's like, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's a podcast. I have friends who help, but, but not a lot, but yeah, I'll drop those links as well. So you can find out more at the end of where, where to find her a little bit there, but yeah, super awesome stuff and definitely recommend it. And yeah, we, we, we connected with Twitter, I think. Yes, yeah. uh, because of Andrea's Adventurers, yeah. uh, we were both in the same D&D charity stream, and awesome. yeah, so we were making nerdy content in the Vancouver area, so we connected. Yes, I know. I love like things like that. Vancouver has a pretty good podcast community. Like I bumped into a few mm. people on like, and like a few people where I'm like, well, you're kind of like a celebrity. Like I think, yeah, are. right. But they're yeah. not. They're just a normal person. <laughs> a I think that's how I introduced myself to you. Of like, <laughs> yeah. you you had liked my post or something about Andrew's Adventures. Yeah, I messaged totally. you. I was like, um, I listened to your podcast. This is kind of a big deal for me. <laughs> that was hilarious. I was like, well, what do you mean? Yeah, <laughs> I'm always shocked. I mean, I, I can see the stats. I don't get too involved in them. Like, I'm not. Mm. I've been podcasting for a couple of years, so I'm not. And also yeah. like writing and all these things. So I don't get overly worked up about it, but I definitely like in the beginning, I would get obsessed with all my stats. I was like, right. someone from Poland is listening to my show. Yeah. <laughs> but now, now I don't really as much. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. there's 50 people. It's probably my mom 50 times. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> or like whatever. Yeah. Um, but no, it's it's been really awesome, actually. The board game community, like Vancouver specifically, I like doing mm-hmm. like that with some friends and um and just the board games in general, I've had so much like awesome feedback. So I love that. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's great. And then you connect with people and then they're like, oh, anyways. Yeah, yeah that I, was a fun I event. I truly too. do think that this is like one of the perks of COVID that because we have been forced to do things online, it expands your social circle and you get like in touch with people that you would never run into in real life necessarily. That is true. I definitely feel that like uh, I mean, yeah, because you're you're in Vancouver too. Which means mm-hmm. that event, that event is Vancouver. It makes makes sense. Um, I used to volunteer at TCT TCTC every year. Oh, cool! Uh, which was so fun. So yeah. I can't wait till it happens again. I know. I have not been, but uh, I just moved to Vancouver three years ago. So I was just starting to get into the nerdy scene and yeah. then it all fell apart. So Well, you'll be excited when it opens up again. Yes. I mean, yeah, well, we have one of the awesome, like the Stormcrow Vancouver. It's such a good, good little nerd city. Yeah. So um, introduce yourself maybe a little bit for the guests in your own words. 
Okay. Well, you did, you did a phenomenal job. Uh, I am Trish and I run a blog called Work at Reads, as you said. Um, you even got our tagline correct. Uh, it's queer and nerdy content in Vancouver. Um, so I, I do a lot of book reviews of LGBTQ plus books because I know when I'm looking for those online, it's rare to find a place that is dedicated to that exactly. And then there's a lot of D&D content. I'm trying to do a new series interviewing uh, queer D&D players and DMs uh, to talk about like what that experience is like for them. So lots of little things, basically whatever I am into at any given moment, I blog about. Nice. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. I totally love that. I love the specifically like, yeah, like you're saying, it could be hard to find that queer kind of content. Um, mm-hmm. You texted me really sorry. You sent me the email of like questions, the other thing yes. we're going to be doing. Um, mm-hmm. And spoilers, like, <laughs> I'm going to do a little thing for her. It's going to be great. Um, yeah. But yeah, you, I was I was excited because like oh my god, I have so many books in my bookshelf to go take out. I was like, oh good. Ah. Anyways, we'll, we'll talk. <laughs> <there>. um, Perfect. <laughs> but yeah, so today big excitement. I kind of did drop a little story on my feed asking people what their favorite bird is because uh, as a little hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, we're talking Mm -hmm. about wingspan. Great choice. choice. Oh, thank you. Oh my gosh. And when I was researching it, it got even better because I I do know this game very well, but um, there's a lot I didn't know about it that we'll get into. So let's just talk about wingspan for a second. It's a pretty new game, which some of you listeners have told me that you want me to review newer games, which is adorable. I'm already getting feedback. Yeah, <laughs> congratulations. I had to start with the old ones first, you guys. Like, come mm-hmm. on. Well, we'll get into the new shit. Um, but yeah, so this game was published in 2019. It's only like three years old. And I guess I played it right when it came out because it just it generated a lot of buzz in the community, I feel like. Mm. Um, and it was published by Stonemeyer Games. The designer's name is Elizabeth, Elizabeth Hargrave. And she actually went on to win um, a pretty big award that same year and obviously a couple since then, which is awesome. And it was her first board game like, mm. ever that she designed. She spent a long time incredible. on it. Right? Right? You're like, yeah, that's crazy. And the whole story behind it, actually, I listened to a couple of interviews and podcasts with her. Um, and it was that she was playing all these games a couple of years ago or a number of years ago with her you know, friends and partner. And they were like... I like these games, but the themes are just boring. You know, it's all medieval <laughs> Europe and they're not wrong. It really is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think her husband was like, what if you just did a game about birds? Because she loves birds. <laughs> and they got really into bird watching. And mm. what if there was a game about birds? And so Wingspan was born. Amazing. Oh, that's incredible. It really shows that like passion is more important than anything else. So just do what you love. Right. I did not realize that about her. That's awesome. Right. And also that, that like the kind of like when you notice something's missing in the world, you just make mm. it. You're like, well, yeah. I want this. Probably somebody else wants it. And she was right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, also that award that she won, she was one of the very few women to win it with a solo, solo design credit, which is kind of cool. Because most of the time wow. it's like, yeah, right. I think 10 women ever had won uh, the, the Spiel des Jahres, I think, award it was. Mm. And or, like, most of them were... I think one other one was solo, but so very exciting. Uh, go women designing. Go board, women. Go yes. Diversity, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, this is a good game to review because it's got a new mechanic I hadn't really discussed, even though it has popped up in other games that I reviewed a little bit. Just it is jargony, <laughs> and even I was like, "What does that mean again?" What mm. I about. So most board game websites will categorize it as a card-driven engine-building game. <clears throat> Yay, mm. nerd stuff. Yes. 
<laughs> and I was like, oh my God, how do I explain engine building? Because I also want this to appeal to people who've never played this game or, yes. you know, more complicated games. And engine building seems like a very complicated uh, sort of word because it's, I mean, it's three words. <laughs> uh, and that's basically just a game where you gather the resources and items to sort of make your game play easier right that's that's how I I was kind of trying to simplify in the best way that I yeah could. yeah I think that's I think, perfect I think that's how it goes um and really if you think about it a lot of games have you collect resources and you kind of build and they then produce other goods which you you create like a little city for example would be a mm-hmm. perfect ex- example of that uh with Domin- uh, Dominion is a card game but it's kind of building a city um Catan which I just recently did also mm-hmm. you know you collect yes. the wheat and the wood board game classic also has engine building components. Um, and then obviously mm-hmm. card driven is just that it's cards primarily. Every once in a while I'm like explaining mechanic and I'm like, this just means you use cards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also some dice rolling, you roll dice. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. that's that's that. <laughs> and then we'll talk a little bit how to play, but I don't want to get too into this because it is relatively complicated and this is a podcast, mm-hmm. so it's not the kind of thing that I can go into in depth, but yeah. you know, I want you to understand if you've never played it, how exactly this game works. <clears throat> So you start off with, there's about 170 bird cards already. I'm excited. That's so many birds. And I think they're all different. There's no duplications or anything. Um, 170 bird cards in the deck, the master deck or whatever. And then there's also these kind of bonus cards, which are face down and you set up some eggs, some food tokens. There's a big fancy dice tower with some dice tray action going on. And it's kind of, I think it's a bird feeder. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Great. There's also a gold board. I don't go through the pieces first, but there's a lot of pieces, okay? <laughs> and some gold tiles. That's a lot of things, but basically how it starts is you get five bird cards to choose from. You have action cubes, which are what you use to take your turns, and you also have bonus cards and some food tokens. You make some decisions on keeping the birds. You trade some food tokens, I think, to make your bird decisions, and you end up with your first kind of like hand of cards. Um, <clears throat> On your, on your actual turn, when you're playing the game, you have like a really big player mat and you have sort of three areas the birds can kind of live. So you'll probably play a bird on your first turn because you need the birds to do things. And it kind of fills out the uh, player mat as you go on, which it seems kind of complicated when you first look at it, but it's really not that tricky uh, once you get the hang of it. And where you place the bird also that they live. It's like the forest, you know, the grass in the swamp or something. I actually forget the details or like the water. <laughs> I should remember the words and the terms. It's been a while since I played this game. Uh, yeah. But but yeah, you play the birds in the different areas and that triggers effects, which again, help your engine to be built. Um, the birds are so beautiful and so is the mm-hmm. earth, but I'll talk about that more later. Um, mm-hmm. After that, you can also do other actions like gaining food, which again is how you feed the birds to play them. Uh, you can lay eggs, which is sort of a point mechanic, which is important. And you can also draw bird cards, which more birds, more options to obviously play and kind of like combine them together in interesting ways. Um, the game's also played, I think, in like four or five rounds, which is the action tokens. You end up losing one at the end of each round to score mm-hmm. points. And that's basically that. You replace the birdies. Everybody loses an action, action cube. Starting <laughs> round, you collect some more birds pretty fun it's great i love it and then how to win the game their points i mean i don't know if they're actually it's just whoever gets the most points obviously mm-hmm. in various ways but they're little feathers and i just love that <laughs> who's got the most feathers oh yeah right it's so, such yeah. a good game it's great that's how you play it's really not too tricky it seems like a lot the first time but afterwards it gets easier 
Yes. And one thing with that too, is that the board lays out all of your options in a way that like, you do still need to like read the instructions, obviously, but I feel like it's one of the best games for showing you what you can do just on the board that's in front of you, which is really handy. Yeah. The player mat is really, really easy. Cause you're like, okay, well, the pictures are really obvious. Like there's eggs. This must give me eggs. Yes. (laughs) Eggs must be good. Right. I think right, so. I want them. <laughs> <laughs> They're really cute. They look like mini eggs. So if you're ever out yes. of eggs, because you're part of the in the rules, if you run at eggs, it's like just add something else. And I would totally just buy some mini eggs and play it and be like, we'll just use these if we run out and then we can eat them. But yes. you be careful because they look a lot like mini eggs. It's disturbing. <laughs> Incredibly similar. Be careful not to eat one of the game pieces. <laughs> Hot tip, don't eat the game pieces, you guys. Yes. <laughs> right? yes. You're Number buy one strategy. Eggs. Yeah. <laughs> you imagine then like you put the egg into the box at the end of the day and you mix them up and there's like mm-hmm. a moldy chocolate six months later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so a little bit of why I love it personally. And I got it five different reasons or four mm. different reasons here, but I'm sure there's more than that because it is a fantastic game. Yeah. Um, but first off, there's a solo version, which is really interesting. And you don't get that very often in a lot of board games, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of cool that they were able to find that. And when you play the game, it kind of makes sense that it could be played solo. And also, I think that reflects the theme really well because you can go bird watching by yourself. Oh, that's true. Right? Oh, that's excellent. It's yes. kind of genius. I was like, oh, how cool. I love that. <laughs> so that was another, that was my first sort of like funny fact slash, you know, thing that makes it different that I think is really cool. Mm. Um, and also there's really not, I mean, I guess there's getting to be more solo games in general, but I feel like it's still kind of a new board game thing that's being developed really yeah second reason i'm sure you'll agree with this one is the Mm -hmm. amazing theme and artwork yes yes that was on my list oh my gosh right oh it's beautiful i mean i wouldn't but i would just hang it on my wall (laughs) yeah i've seen things where you're like people just like have all of the birds and they just like i think i saw a picture on instagram where someone she laid out like all 70 birds and like just like oh that'd be so cool and i was like you could see all the birds like yeah (laughs) so good well and something I forget about too is the the board itself I pulled it out to double Mm. check uh, before this podcast and the board itself looks like a birder's journal that you then open up and lay out so just like all these cute little touches that make it feel so personal and so unique it's really nice they they definitely like nailed it like the bird feeder dice tower is another like aspect of it being super fun yes um, and the little, I think they're wooden dice, which I don't know. I love mm-hmm. the actual quality of the pieces and components yeah. um, is so important, even though it can, doesn't necessarily make, actually, I think it can make or break a game. I have some pretty low quality <laughs> board games that I don't love that I do like mechanically. Yeah. I'm like if only yeah. I use nicer cardstock. Uh, <laughs> yep. Which now that I know this was her first game that she ever developed, it's also really impressive that she was able yeah. to make it at such high quality. Yeah. I, um, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure how and why that actually happened. That's a curious yeah. question. I'd be, I'd be wonder to know. Cause I know Stone, Stonemaier is a very like well-established board game company. Mm. So like, obviously they had the I budget. guess she just sold it really well. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they just like, were like, this is going to do well. And it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was um, a good gamble. I do think that also some game, like games are in general going towards that sort of like better quality components. It feels like, yeah. especially like if we're comparing like really old school games where you're like, Oh my goodness, like so bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> you should have cubes. Um, <laughs> like my, like fucking when I reviewed betrayal and I was like, there's no dog. It was just like, a dog. it's just like, he has a monster token. I'm like, why couldn't you just give me a tiny dog? Um, yes. 
tiny piece of plastic, you know, <laughs> just make me happy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's very stunning. And a lot of people love the theme. I think it works decently well with the mechanics and like, you know, like the, mm-hmm. the rule book thing, like your journal that you said. Um, so I think that's good. And it's just a unique theme too. Like I, my hint of like, what's your favorite bird of on my story? It's like, no, there's not that. I can't think of any other games that have birds as like, right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone knows what I'm going to be reviewing. Um, yep. Yeah. So I, I love that. Anyways, that, that was number two. Um, another reason mm-hmm. I really like it is the replayability factor because there are so many yes. different birds. So you can kind of like collect different ones and have a new strategy the next time you play. Yes. Um, everybody likes that. Um, on that same replayability, also with the goal card, you can flip it to be either more competitive or more chill. So like mm-hmm. your friends are aggressive, <laughs> aggressive yeah. bird collectors, you know, <laughs> you can have it at that level or if yeah. you're like mm, they're just gonna have a nice board game stroll through the park and the swamp and mm-hmm. birds and you can play <laughs> that way too so i like, yeah. like i actually didn't really i mean board games definitely have difficulty levels like pandemic does that um and co-op games generally do um but it's interesting to have not a co-op game kind of having that more mm-hmm. i don't know levels of how desire how much you desire yeah. to be competitive versus not um, well and that was something that i was thinking about too that even though it is a competitive game, it doesn't feel mean spirited. No. Like because there's not a lot of ways that you can attack other players or anything. You're just kind of doing your own thing, and the art is really beautiful. So I mean, maybe I'm just like um, <laughs> influenced by that. But it feels like a pretty chill competitive game, which is nice to have that middle ground. Mm-hmm. You still want to beat everybody, but you don't want to like decimate them. Yeah, <laughs> you want to collect all the birds, but you don't yeah. want to like fuck over everybody else's birds although right, exactly. it'd be interesting if they did do a more competitive and like interactive versions at some point like a different yeah maybe not even an expansion but like a, just a different type but in the same kind of theme um some of the expansions do have birds that are a little more aggressive okay. and just um like you can steal food from someone else so little <gasps> things like that but yes I mean, you know how important food is in this game <laughs> birds need food yeah. man yeah. can't go to the bird sanctuary without food <laughs> um so yeah there you go and then i guess the, the fourth thing we already kind of covered with the theme but the high quality of it is just yeah out of this world um and even to the details of the rule book like the actual paper mm. quality of the rule book is yes. so nice it's so thick it's got like a nice texture um mm-hmm. and i think it was it's shannon lentz who used to organize tctc and he works i guess he 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 had a copy of Wingspan when it's brand new and they were giving it away mm. and everyone wanted it because it was the hottest game. Yeah. Um, and when I was there like years ago and I remember him being like, it helps them pick out the paper quality. And he, he even ah. told me like the random number that it was or whatever code. Oh, it's amazing. And I was like, wow, I like that he <laughs> nerded out that hardcore. And I was like, yes. as a writer who also loves paper, like, I'm I appreciate good quality. Yeah. Right. 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 Oh, <laughs> fantastic. But yeah, those are my reasons for why I love it. Do you have any any yeah. extras you want to add on? Um, I would add, this is very nerdy, but this game is also educational. Um, mm. Each of the bird cards has a little map on it that shows you like where in the world the bird can be found. And then a bird fact, which is just a fun way to like mm-hmm. learn some random... Yeah. I, I was never into birds. <laughs> that feels like a weird thing to say. Um <laughs> But uh, when friends recommended this game, I was like, that sounds weird and not that interesting. Uh, but now I'm like, 
entertaining the idea of taking up bird watching because I feel yeah. like I know things. That's actually really interesting. A, a good point too. And I, I forgot to mention it, but yes, the totally the factoids on it are really interesting. Mm-hmm. I love games that do that with the factoid kind of like hitting, yeah. where it's not even relevant to the game. It's just fun nope. knowledge. Um, one of my favorite games when I was like 12 was Apples to Apples because it was a yes. fun little game at the time and everyone was playing it. I feel like 2007, I swear. That was yeah. Apples to Apples was the board game. Um, yes. And <clears throat> and at that time, uh, I remember like my favorite thing was the stupid little facts. And I made everyone read out the facts on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you can't play the card without... Yeah telling us who Genghis Khan is yeah. <laughs> like, especially for some of the ones where it would be like random famous celebrities that I had like no idea about um yeah, like, read the whole card. yeah so actually in that game that did double as a useful thing to know also because it's called wingspan the actual centimeter of the bird's wingspan is on the card which is yes. a very cute subtle detail too yes love that. they've crammed a ton of information onto those cards but it doesn't look cluttered at all like honestly it's so well made it's incredible yeah, you're right. That's a good point. I didn't think about how the cards, for the amount of information on them, it could be a lot more overwhelming, but they've done mm-hmm. a really nice job with like the layout of everything. Now, because I am the board game bitch, yep. <laughs> you have to, let's get into it. You have to get into it. <laughs> Sorry. I love this game. So I actually sat here and I was like, do I have any critiques of this game? Yeah. And I struggled for a minute and I was like, mm, no, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and other people did as well. So I, I did refer to some reviews, um, some mm-hmm. not so nice reviews. <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> I'm intrigued. Uh, I mean, okay. Well, the not so nice ones were also because they were sexist and they would just like oh. start off completely out the gate being awful. And I was like, yeah. I, don't, I don't like Games you. made by women, gross. <laughs> they were like, this is designed by a woman. It's overblown and it sucks. And birds are oh stupid. My <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> not everything is for you, random internet man. <laughs> Uh, yeah and so I was like wow okay but I, I read the whole thing because I had to read it Gosh, yeah yeah <laughs> and he had points later on thankfully that were justifiable okay. but the beginning was so bad so anyways okay. that's out the window that's not a valid critique <laughs> um but the actual reasons which many other players also who are not sexist and terrible have pointed out is I mean my first critique is my, my personal experience too is that it is very complicated in the very mm-hmm. beginning when you're trying to learn yes. how to play you're like oh my goodness there's so many things happening yes uh, and trying to see all the different connections of how things work <clears throat> it's a lot it is a lot and I think if you don't have uh if you don't really sit down and like watch video or have someone explain it to you it can be confusing and I played it at a board game convention with someone else who'd never played mm. it because it was it was oh, wow. that year. And both of us just kind of fumbled through for a little bit. And then we got a hang of it. But then, you know, we had to put the game away because I don't know, she was running off to an event or something. I was like, okay, bye. Also, yeah. it was a hot commodity. So there was a huge lineup to play it. So I didn't want to play mm-hmm. it again. And, you know, board game etiquette. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I do find it pretty complicated, um, especially if it's like you're like, I wouldn't teach it to people who just don't play games at all. No. Unless they were really into birding and they were like, I love bird watching. Then I'd be like, oh, of course, sure. Yeah. You'll find a way to struggle through this because it's <laughs> so much of the theme. Um, but yeah, if someone, you know, is just getting into board games and they like people who I know who think Catan is complicated, which it is kind of, but not that complicated. I'd be like, mm, yeah, I'm going to introduce you to this one just yet. <laughs> gotta, yeah, you got to work your way up to it. Yeah, it's not the most beginner friendly game. And I think I think the age range says 10 plus on it oh wow which seems a little low I think I don't know I mean I guess I know some smart 10 year olds I do but 
but I also but, don't. Yeah, that is surprising. <laughs> but I was kind of surprised because like there's a lot of other ones that are like are 12, 14 that I think are yeah. in that similar complicated kind of range. So like 10 seemed a little low to me, but then I thought about it a little bit and like you can just kind of play mindlessly and not have a, mm. no, any idea what you're doing and like you could get by. So I think yeah. maybe that's why it's that low because there's totally, that's a possibility. Um, the other critique, which you kind of touched on a kind of a little bit uh, is the minimal player interaction. So mm. there's not a lot of engagement between players. It does kind of feel like you're both do- all on your own kind of bird journey. Um, yeah. And I love games that have a little more interaction. Um, even games that I love, like Seven Wonders, could have a little bit more interaction. Um, yes. So I find that to be a bit of a, you know, one sad critique where I'm like, I just want to, I don't know, I just want to engage with each other more. Because also board games mm-hmm. are a social thing, for them, usually. Yes. In most cases, <laughs> yeah, hopefully, um, I hope so. That's why I play them. So there you go. Um, and then my last critique, which is another one that most people gen- generally kind of agree on, is that it is somewhat luck based in like what you draw with your cards. Yes. Um, and sometimes it's quite obvious, you know, what the best move is, and the game, quote unquote, plays itself. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I kind of see it, but for me, this is kind of like one of those board games, like you were saying earlier, where you just feel like it's not that competitive. You're having a nice time. Mm-hmm. I'm having a nice time. So yeah. if, if the game's a little bit more luck-based or a little bit random and sometimes you get the short end of the sticks, the dice just can't get any worms today. All of them are hiding. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, that's how it is. Again, could justifiably be the mechanics. There's just no worms today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a joke. But um, so those are my only, so it's only three. I only had three critiques. Yeah. So I was pretty gentle. <laughs> well, I do have a fourth and I don't know if this is your experience, Okay, but, um, I have found that because you get points by laying eggs mm. that by the time you get to the fourth round, everybody is just laying eggs for every round yeah. and it almost becomes like, well, why do we even need to play this round? Because we know what everybody's going to do. <laughs> uh, that might just be, I, I play with like the same people yeah. most of the time, my, my wingspan people, John and Karen, and maybe we just are stuck on that <laughs> obsessed fools no. yeah yeah um no that is a good valid critique and actually i covered it in the strategies a little bit that i wrote down oh. but so great segue but uh <laughs> but yes no that is definitely a critique i saw of people online saying that the egg laying is pretty much just the end of the game is laying eggs uh, yes if everyone's going for that smart uh, strategy which yeah it yeah. more or less sounds like people do um yeah so the expansions yeah. do fix it a little bit. I've only played um, the Oceana once, mm-hmm. but it made it a lot better. There were more options later on. Okay. So I guess they probably realized that and fixed that it. Sense. But with the well, base game, it's a And also, if you start to remember, this was their, her first game. Yeah. And a whole, like, totally new theme for a game as well. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be weird issues that pop up, and there's going to be broken times that happen. Um Yeah. I, I, I can kind of forgive it for its oh, totally. poor flaws. There's probably yes. more. Y'all can <laughs> leave some comments and bitch at me. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I can take it. Um, but but yeah, it's still a great game. But again, we're going to critique it because that's yes. just what we do. And then maybe someone, well, obviously, like with expansions and, and things coming out in the future mm-hmm. or her releasing a new game. And I think she actually doesn't has done a couple since then. But mm. I think it's good we, we critique for valid reasons, of course. And yes. Um, you know, then we just get better and they do better. All right. So now we move on to the strategy of how to be successful. Um, I wrote down a couple tips here. I'm sure you might have more. I have not actually played this game all that many times. So Mm -hmm. I, 
I feel like I don't won't have a lot to say, um, but I did watch a lot of videos. <laughs> also, okay. I found out it's available <laughs> on Steam, so I'm probably gonna play it Ooh. online. Yeah, I know. I didn't even know that, and I'm very excited. Do you play against like other people online? I don't know. I oh know. yeah, I have no idea. I just found out. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome. <laughs> I will find out and let you know. Maybe Perfect. we can play online together. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, let's do it. That would be so fun. Cool. But yeah, so the first sort of thing that everyone uh, agrees on is it's an action efficiency game. You want to get yes. the most actions, right? As in general, any kind of game, extra actions is better. So the birds that give you more abilities to do stuff, it's it's going to benefit you. And mm -hmm. uh, focusing a lot of your abilities or your cards on certain rows, obviously, like because uh, mm -hmm. there's three different territory, I say territory, but three different mm -hmm. uh, habitats. Habitats. <laughs> the exact game terminology for each game and I write it oh down. I don't know if that's the game terminology well that's it's just close enough think. <laughs> yeah. right it's more right than territory it's like territory not right it's too broad um the habitats we'll say that mm -hmm. uh but yeah those focusing on you know at least definitely one of them getting it all the way to the end because then you have way more bang for your buck essentially yeah so yeah. that's important getting more action in every game it's an engine builder. Wow, I throw that a word a lot today. This is great. I never throw in the terminology too much, but here we go. Getting better at this. Yeah. <laughs> also, second tip, apparently ravens are overpowered. And I don't even think I've played and got the raven in my hand ever. So I don't know exactly. I don't know about that either. Very specific. Some of those strategies, things I read and watched were like, this bird is the best bird. <laughs> Oh man, but then that's luck again because okay, you just go through the deck and you're like, I need the raven. I want the raven and the crow. Which, yeah. have you ever met a raven or a crow? Uh, a crow attacked me the other day. So I guess, yes, they are overpowered. They are overpowered birds, if I'm saying. It's completely realistic. The mechanics yes. match in real life. Yes. <laughs> Don't fuck with those birds. I was hiking with some friends um, over in, on Cypress Mountain uh, mm -hmm. years ago. And, you know, there's crows up there because it's pretty high up in the mm -hmm. mountains. Sorry, not crows, ravens. They're much bigger. Oh, cool. And they're very, very smart. And we, you know, get to this little lake halfway along the hike. And we're like, oh, we're going to go for a little dip in the lake. And we leave our backpacks and we swim into the middle of the lake, which is not huge, but we're, you know, a good, I don't know, two minutes of swimming away from the shore. Mm -hmm. As soon as we get into the middle of the lake, the, the fucking raven flies down, swoops in and starts attacking our backpack to get our snacks, I guess. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And we're like we all see this happening and he's like squawking telling all his raven buddies to come and take the backpack snacks oh. and we see it and we're like oh no and we're like swimming as fast as we can to try and get our snacks oh back. my gosh and he made off with a good granola bar or two so, wow and he literally waited until we swam halfway into the lake knowing we couldn't retaliate quickly that is so yeah. smart so oh my gosh yeah that's watch out for ravens and crows okay. but definitely ravens <laughs> If you see them in your card, in your hand, you should always play them, apparently, mm -hmm. according to the internet. I think uh, I actually looked up with specific with the, specifically what they did because I was curious. And they trade eggs for food, which makes oh, sense yeah. or something like that. Another strategy, which I did a lot when I was playing the first time even, uh, was the tucking cards that go beneath. So you can get points mm. by discarding a card underneath a bird. Um, and you can get a lot of points that way. And that was one of the strategies I used in my game. So that's another yeah. good bird. I don't know which one card specifically that is, but there's, I think, a couple birds mm -hmm. that do that. Another strategy, which you already mentioned, lots of egg laying. Yes, yes, eggs, eggs, eggs. Eggs for days. The game is now uh, sponsored by the Easter Bunny. Oh my gosh, yes. 
but yeah, and that seems to be generally a late game strategy, I guess, in your experience as well. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's on those eggs. And finally, I had one more strategy, which was just not spreading yourself too thin. I think some people mm. have to, I mean, I would love to have the whole map filled out just personally, just because I'm yes. like that. Sometimes you're in a completionist, you know, desires. Yes. Yes. Like I want all 30 fucking birds. Well, it's not that 30. It's like, I don't know, 15 or something. I want all the birds. <laughs> yeah. But you can't. You can't. You can't. You got to pick two maybe yeah that's a beginner mistake because you're just like oh, i want i want to do everything which i think is that's why there, there that's why there is some strategy in this it's not just yes. like do whatever that's pretty much my strategy tips i don't know if you have anything else that you'd like to contribute on that factor i guess i had something that was feels a little more specific but i mm-hmm. recommend when you get your initial birds and you're choosing which ones to get a very cheap forest bird because forest yeah. is where you get your food and you you need to start with getting a bunch of food because if you don't you will be stuck and that is ooh, that's another con uh if you don't play the game well at the beginning Mm. you'll just like there's no way to really catch up later or at least i can't that's fair no that's probably correct actually that's not right i did read a lot of things actually uh saying forest birds and like generating food uh early on this beginning was important and then i forgot to write that one down i i I do so much research then i like forget to write half the shit down (laughs) well there's there's so many different ways to play the game exactly exactly Yeah, no, totally. I mean, you guys, you're nerds. Go watch the internet. Figure it out. <laughs> play the yeah. game. Just play the game. I also like, I don't like to spoil it too much. Like I'm not, Yeah. I do like to win games. Everybody likes to win things, <laughs> but I also like to enjoy the game. And this one is one that I do play more for the enjoyment and the theme factor, as opposed to like the, I need yeah. to have the most birds and win. <laughs> like fuck everybody else over. You're like, mm. This yeah, totally. This isn't really like Dominion where I'm like aggressively casting spells and murdering <laughs> people. Like not not the same. Yeah, that's that's basically all the tip strategies. Thanks for adding that extra one because I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the only other disclaimer I wanted to cover was that, yeah, not all games are for everybody. So to anyone who buys it and they're like, I fucking hate birds. I hate it. <laughs> Why did you buy it? Like, yeah, you should have known. Come on. Like, I'm not gonna go and buy. A, an aggressive bloody war game like i've seen kickstarters all the time because i like i'll do the odd kickstarter now and then and yeah. i'll get targeted ads for like really aggressive looking bloody yeah games, and i'm like nope <laughs> i nope. don't want that one <laughs> know <Nope>. yourself <laughs> yeah so this is there's just that like some things are for you some things are not it's not the end of the world and i don't know i think it's kind of funny that people complain over over these things that are like oh, it was about birds it was boring I'm like well okay <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you thought you were going to get but... <laughs> unless you got it for free there's really no reason to complain and then, then yeah. just resell it because I'm sure a lot of game games kind of hold their value nowadays it's just oh yeah yeah and this is not is it not the cheapest one it's definitely in the 60 to 80 range I think yeah I think so it's up there but worth it um so there you go that's it thank you so much for coming on where can people stalk you and find you drop those links yeah uh thank you so much for having me on your podcast it was really fun to talk about wingspan with you uh you can find my blog at www.rocatreads.com and you can find me on instagram at rocatreads um i don't have a specific twitter for that it is just (laughs) it is trish rex because i have not switched that over but that's my twitter that's okay i feel that (laughs) (laughs) nice that's awesome i will drop those links in the description as well below so if you're listening to the show you can find more trish on the internet through that that's everything thank you guys for listening i hope you enjoyed it play some games have some fun i will see you next time for more board game sass (laughs) (laughs) that's my new sign off apparently
Hey folks, thanks for listening to the show. You can find more information on social media like board game facts, articles, I don't know, all sorts of fun stuff on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at BoardGamePTCH. And you can also follow us on your podcast app, hopefully, if you aren't already doing that. If you'd like to leave a review on iTunes, Podchaser, wherever you can leave reviews. I also appreciate that so much. Or really, to share it with your friends. Shout out to Canzino Music for making our awesome new intro. See you next week. This is a Cave Goblin podcast. For other podcasts like this, visit cavegoblins.com. We hope you have enjoyed this program.